Good afternoon. Oh, yes, it's our maybe first afternoon session. It is our first afternoon session. <laughs> Hi, welcome, welcome. They're not here yet. They're making um they are here, but they haven't walked into this to to our lovely to this lovely podcast setting. Studio. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. We'll put that over on this side. Um, yeah. Yay. Welcome, Quinn. Hello. Hi, Quinn. Hello. Quinn's in the house. <laughs> <laughs> I have a candle lit, which I learned from Nelko. Nelko. Nelko, Nelko. Between the two. What would you like you to Nalco one, Nalco two, or <laughs> didn't we? I used to be Tsuno in when in school I had to be Tsuno. I had to be Tsuno. Doesn't that suck? Too, Actually, uh... they're kind of like like if you go to I guess westernized school and let's say everybody's a David. Mm. Like how do you distinguish <laughs> like David A, David, like your last name. Your last name. Yeah, so yeah. 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 We had a lot of K's at my school, and they just call them by like KG or KD or whatever the last name is. Okay. Right? So I went to a small school, and Nauko was already there. Mm -hmm. So she got first dibs. Oh, <laughs> that makes sense. So then when I came along, it had to be Tsunoda, but Tsunoda was too long. So everybody called me Snow, and a lot of people can't say the TSU sound. So I became snow. Anyway, whatever you can say, we'll figure. Oh, oh, ohayou uh, Yeah, ohayou Oh. Uh, uh, konnichiwa. Views <laughs> 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 in the house too now. Hmm? Yeah. Nice. So, agomen oh. dozo. No, welcome and. No, thanks for joining us. Can Nelko, can you give them the context of um, what nowness means and um, yeah, what what nowness means? Ah, uh, sure. <laughs> for us, it means to be present in the moment and like N O W, you know, right now. And since um, our name is now too, so hence nowness well wordplay yes exactly and to be present as ourselves you know um so welcome and i was noting to nao naoko that uh, i commend both of you for joining us and i think it takes courage as being you know your young selves to just join well, their more yeah, yeah <laughs> moms <laughs> thank you well, I would say, I don't know, I guess I'm biased as Rue's mom, um, that I think, and, and then knowing uh, Quinn, that we spent the past few days, that they're quite mature for their age. Um, and I wasn't planning on them being guests on Nowness, but I just thought they have, like, Quinn particularly has kind of challenged my, oh my gosh, like, unknown... I, I guess both of them, like unknown, like not, I don't think about it every day, like kind of like gender biases that I have. Mm -hmm. 
shoot a couple um yeah like a couple of things like more than one things i'm just like uh oh (laughs) no but i i just thought like um you know they've already kind of taught me uh different perspectives so um so anyway hence the impromptu i'm like oh my gosh i would love for you to be on the show and then um nelko like jamie and i connected over this past weekend Mm-hmm. And I thought I had to share, like, she shared that she shared Mia's surprise guest episode with her daughter, um, mm. especially as it relates to religion. And so that was a prime example. You never know where um, our conversation is going to be heard by who, mm-hmm. whom. Is that the girl? Is that the I'm right? So whom? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so whatever we talk about, you know, is unscripted, unedited. Um, obviously we're not going to push for you to talk about things that you, uh, you know, you feel uncomfortable to talk about, but it's fantastic, um, to know that, you know, that, that narrative went out to someone else and, you know, whether, whether it helped or not is a different story, but, you know, to just uh, one of our goals on this podcast is, we often don't hear perspectives that we've, we've had, Nauka and I, because we grew up um, internationally. We're kind mm. of a first generation, uh, what have you. Um, like to, So like just to set an example, um, like college, I'm so, I'm, I'm actually find myself being jealous about Rue and his escapades as he comes home from, for the holiday, <laughs> holiday season, because I didn't have that. Yeah. Um, I, I could tear up about it because I don't know why I'm like so emotional, but like we we were international students, so obviously it was expensive to fly back. But yeah, for Thanksgiving, I didn't have a place to go. Um, and my freshman friend who lived in Connecticut because I went to a Connecticut school, she's like, You wanna come over? I'm like, Yes. yes. Uh, yeah. Um, because I didn't couldn't go home. And then mm. this, we went home, but we couldn't bring our friends along. No. It's like, yeah, we'll fly you down to yeah. Japan if you yeah. want to. Do you remember? So I just wanted to kind of share that with you, Nalco, and maybe start with you, Nalchan, on like, what do you remember from your like holiday college um, season? Mm. Like freshman year, you were in Tokyo, so you got to hang out with your freshmen, excuse me, your college friends in Japan. Mm. But when you went to Brown... Um, your second year like so Nalka has shared in her other episodes that she was was a transfer student in and they had no spaces for transfer kids so they got put up in the lounge in a a freshman dorm really yeah this is brown for you (laughs) ivy this is top 10 i the ivy league school in the in in Uh you know and you get put up in anyway Can you imagine? So, so yeah, like, how were how were your holidays? Mm, I mean, I assume I went. I think I went back. I mean, I think talk about privilege. I my parents had the resources to fly me back every opportunity. So I even for like spring break for a week, I think I went back. Or insane, right? Um, so. I mean, I don't have specific memories, and so I'm gathering that I most likely went back 
for winter break and spent time with my family. Yeah, and the difference between that I see grew this week is he has hung out with. So this is the beauty of being in a state school is that mm -hmm. he hung out with. Like basically, I was like, oh, oh, okay, so and so lives ten minutes away. Oh, so and so is only an hour away. It's just like he gets to like kind of like house hop and then hang out with his friends, mm -hmm. stay out late and then come back and then it's just they have such a really colorful social life. Yeah. And, and I'm very, I'm kind of like patting myself on the back a little bit on like being able to have like a place where you can come because we were like, we are still thinking about potentially moving back to Georgia. Mm. Right. Mm. Um, and so, but seeing you guys, I'm like, Ooh, like what will happen to Mia? Like she kind of deserves oh. like <laughs> yeah, to, to come home too. So I don't know. It's just made me. I've I've pondered a lot of things um, as I've um, mm -hmm. seen you come in, in and out. So anyway, I just wanted to share that. Mm -hmm. um, but Quinn, thank you. I I am. So Rue, you want to share the story of how you met Quinn? How I met Quinn? Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Wonderful little tale. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so let's see. It was freshman year and. Both of us had uh, fall quarter online since mm -hmm. it was the, uh, obviously the COVID 2020 year. Uh, and then, yeah, so we're starting winter quarter. Uh, I personally didn't know a lot of people that was coming in. Um, and then I knew, cause I like to work out, go to the gym, I like fitness and uh, yeah, Quinn just like touched my biceps <laughs> just now. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, the, the rec center for school was closed because of the COVID restrictions. So uh, I still wanted to find a place to, you know, work out, exercise. Uh, so I was looking downtown, there are different places, looking at reviews. And then I came across this place called Fitness Evolution on Iowa Street. Uh, Quinn is wearing the shirt. Yeah, speaking of which, I have a Fitness Evolution oh. shirt. I'm wearing it right now. Shout out that gym. <laughs> nice plug. Uh, <laughs> listening sponsor us please <laughs> <laughs> um apparently did the last location open in washington really? yeah in, in bellingham because they offer really uh, low price memberships i think there's a student one where you can get three months for one price it's like 60 bucks or something yeah. that's nice yeah so it's a good deal mm. um but yeah it has all you need it's a little bit um like the the weights are older and but it's like all you ever need really uh yeah. so yeah so one day just working out uh, I was doing the bench press uh, lift and uh, I needed, I was on my last set of five and I needed someone to spot because it's always good to be safe when you're lifting. So uh, I knew that it was going to be really tough. So, and then I saw Quinn earlier, um, I was stretching and I saw him like walking and he just has his like own unique walk to it. He was listening oh. to music, just being in his own groove. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, he had longer hair at the time. He was just bouncing up and down. Oh, uh, and I was like, oh, that guy seems cool. So then um we were both uh doing bench press and then i was last set and i saw him to my left I'm like hey can, do you mind spotting me I'm like, yeah i got uh, for sure like i got you and then uh yeah and then i told him yeah i'm trying to get one back to 135 uh, which is the 245 plates and he's like yeah okay and then we did it and then that was that was that and then he went back to doing his own thing and then at the end of my workout i was like hey thank you again for spotting me um yeah i just introduced myself and then 
yeah we found came to, found out we were both first years mm. uh, at western and then we started going to the gym more um started uh getting food together from the dining hall um yeah we'd like meet him at the trail and we'd go eat together and yeah is there anything mm. else you'd like to add Quinn, to that story um no i think you summed it up pretty nicely what was your yeah. first impression of her um I don't know. Like Bruce said, when I'm in the gym and I have my headphones in, I definitely am in like my own kind of world. Yeah. Um, I like to move a lot, like to dance a lot. And so it was kind of, you know, it's kind of like a good kind of break between that. Someone asks you to spot them. And for me, as I love like when people ask for help in the gym, whether it's like form or spotting. So I was like, oh, heck yeah. Like this guy, he's, he's going out of his way. He's, mm-hmm. you know, it is kind of intimidating to sometimes ask people for spots like that. So. I was more than welcome to help him, but I just really thought it was cool that afterwards he like came up and was like, "Hey, like you know, I know you go to Western, I go to Western too. Like we should work out sometime." And I was just like, I really appreciated his like outgoingness to do that, and that's one of the things I've noticed with Rue is you know, he will not shy away from like a friendly encounter, or trying to meet the new person. So that's kind of what I got from that. Mm-hmm. Nice. And then how did it progress to like deciding to become roommates? um i can answer it mm-hmm. well we were so it was getting to next quarter spring quarter and you got to think about oh what am i going to do for next year where am i going to live i'm going to live off campus on campus so we both decided that we wanted to live on campus uh and then we we're i was thinking of roommates uh like potential people and then like i thought quinn would be a good fit i was like hey quinn you want to be roommates he's like wait not like he, he didn't want to commit yet <laughs> 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 Really uh, here pushing this. <laughs> uh, but yeah um but i think eventually he's like okay because it got to that closer to that deadline yeah. <laughs> uh and yeah so then i was really pushing him like hey i need your w number we need to create the roommate group now i remember that bond <laughs> for like a day i was like wait you gotta send me the w number <laughs> so then i got it eventually and then uh i called the people and then i think we missed the deadline actually but we still were able to be put into a roommate group and then or were we i don't think we did we were like the we were yeah we weren't actually so the way they do it at western is uh if you want to room with people you have to send all your information together then they create one group for everybody and then you can, from there, uh, when it opens up, it's kind of like checking out um, with your cart. So you go find the room, add it to cart, and then you check out. Uh, and I think we missed the deadline for that. So then when it opened, we both had to uh, go in by ourselves, find the room that we both wanted. That's right. And then someone, so was, um, someone was taking, remember we were looking at 805, I think, your old one? Mm-hmm. No, I knew, that, I knew that I wanted to take the corner dorm. And that was yeah. one of the things is, Rue, you stayed in Fairhaven the freshman year mm-hmm. but i knew that buchanan towers that was a little bit of a better spot you have your whole yeah. kitchen inside and everything so definitely good we had that yeah um but remember like we were trying to fill up the slots like someone else is there i told you like you were with somebody mm-hmm. there so we, we figured it out got it all um, done yeah but yeah one, one of the biggest changes though this coming this year uh was housing changed the differential pricing at tiers so uh last year all of the housing wherever you were on campus you paid the same price but uh, they, they decided that they're going to switch the tiered system, which is what all other institutions do. So based on the amenities of the dorm, you are charged a higher rate. So that was kind of one of the downsides. Uh, yeah. Now we're paying the highest rate uh, for housing. Mm. But, yeah. yeah. But it, I think it is nice. Um, yeah. Going back to our, to our current, uh, to our dorm now, uh, we've made it really homey. It's kind of like the hangout spot with all our yeah. friends. 
um yeah it's really open and we always are doing something so mm. yeah it's been good mm-hmm. yeah Nako, do you remember did you have roommates uh yeah i was that first year i had three other transfers the four of us were stuck in the freshman dorm and then i don't actually remember what i did for my junior year yeah escapes me mm. but what about you i'm glad you were you in dorm yeah i'm glad the boys are working out because it, it's relationships are frail as we know um mm. and oh my gosh i i can't believe i'm going here but i will share this um so like dorm room freshman year it was cool da, 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 da. i mean every so sorry every year i've had a roommate um the, my sophomore year was I, w- I lived at japan house mm-hmm. so mm. we're interested in like japanese culture and stuff and we each had our individual rooms and then there was a house so mm-hmm. like we could share the kitchen that was so cool mm-hmm. and then um and there was like chinese house and then there was like the spanish house around. <laughs> was, like, wait didn't i come visit to your japanese house if you remember I don't remember you did, but if you remember, then you probably... Naka, I do remember. I know I went one time. I visited you one time. But, oh. I mean, this is the wrong person. Asked, like, I, I don't remember much. Um, but I do. Uh, you introduced me to your friends, and I feel like they were Asian-American. and Yeah. yeah. Like a conglomerate of, um, for lack of a better word, sorry, uh, like a mishmash of people who had interest in Asian culture. Mm. So, and then I started dating. And then junior year, here's, okay, so this is what I wanted to share. So junior year, was it junior year? Yeah. My boyfriend and I were going to go into apartment setting, kind of like, I guess, your apartment setting together. And we mm. were kind of like lovey-dovey and all of that. Yeah. Uh, and then I ruined it uh for the summertime and i met your dad mm-hmm. um so anyway just clear story i ruined our, my relationship with my college boyfriend and it got so awkward because it's the whole pro- procedures already paperwork has gone so you through. guys had to move in together basically we had to move in together Whoa. but it wasn't gonna work so then i got um surely if you were gonna listen to <laughs> <laughs> um and she was so nice and by then, like your third year, everybody's in their own clique and, and your social circle's kind of like set. So it's hard really? to it's hard to pinpoint someone who's like individual and has no commitments to other, mm. other groups. And mm-hmm. so she stepped in and that worked out. But it's painful. It was painful. And then Wait, so Shirley took your spot? Shirley yeah. took my boyfriend's spot, my ex-boyfriend's spot. Take like his spot. Oh, yeah, okay. his spot and moved in with okay. me because she didn't. She, I guess, like, like, what do you do if you're, like, a friend, an odd odd friend group, right? Where it's, like, a two-room setting and then the one is out and the one, ha- whatever. <laughs> anyway, it's, it could get complicated. Mm-hmm. And so, and then not only that, but I got ousted. Like, all his friends mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. my girlfriends, like, we were clicked. Mm-hmm. And because like I was the one who didn't make it work, everybody was... just shunned me out. Mm-hmm. Oh, I had no idea this. Yeah, actually... part of your <laughs> life story. <laughs> <laughs> so alone because it's like I didn't think I was gonna lose all my click friends, mm-hmm. and here I'm mm-hmm. international. Like mm-hmm. like I didn't have friends a lot of anyway. So you get the point. 
And then, and then obviously like I'm this like 20 year old, you know, 20 year olds. I thought like I was on top of the world and I knew everything really. Like I think anyway, um, (laughs) 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 so, and, um, so I was like really stubborn. I was like, okay, it's fine. It's like, it's a decision that I made. Like, why am I crying about it? I'm not going to like victimize myself. And maybe that's why you don't know about it now because I didn't want to admit to it. So I closed that down I put up a barrier and then come senior year, I was, I was like pretty much in a serious relationship with your dad and like nobody was dating someone who was much older mm-hmm. and like, so I was, this, then I became a senior mm-hmm. and I was pretty much committed with your dad mm-hmm. and everyone's just like, what the heck? She's never here. She's never around. She's never in college. So I really, so there's so many things like I didn't get to experience college. But my by my own fault because I mm-hmm. fell in love with someone who was older and I was like barely on campus and I also remember visiting you, Nalco, still mm. in he in in Boston. Anyway, so I was. So yeah. I just have a real quick question. Yeah. When you say you didn't get to experience college, <laughs> what is what is that portrayal of college that you didn't get to experience? Is it like? Like, so social life with friends, like you're doing right now mm-hmm. with your college friends. Yeah. Um, right. And like, hey, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? You know, so like you, you study, but that's like, I, now that I think about it, I don't remember <laughs> creating time to study. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to laugh out loud. Good influence here. <laughs> like now I'm like, when, I, when was I yeah, studying? I don't know. But anyway, so that's like, I was not on campus and I wasn't hanging out with friends. I was just literally yeah. spending So you were, you were using it purely just for like getting the degree. Getting almost. the degree. Yeah, just yes. going to your classes. Not, yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Wait, wait, but you were, you did experience college life and social life before you got into before. that relationship. So freshman, sophomore. And I, I yeah, feel like right. I'll, Yes. People, you know, their freshman, sophomore year, that's when you really experience college. And then, you know, you mature up a little bit, junior, senior year, get into your major. So, yeah, it might be more common than not. Okay. Oh, good insight, Quinn. <laughs> you I haven't was... even gone through it yet. <laughs> good insight. Yeah. So anyway, just uh, I, I it's amazing to be a parent because I kind of relive the moments it's just inevitable mm. i'm you you will hopefully I, not hopefully or i don't know for right for it just, <laughs> for human reasons you like things trigger you to experience what you oh. you know and it's like okay did i live my life t- without any regret mm-hmm. um so thank you i just want to say thank you for making me relive the moments okay wait how what do, how are we making through us mm-hmm. well but just being you Oh. I get to just be the observer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's okay. yeah, for being you. Um, so that that kind of like wants me to ask. So so you came home at three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right it's three. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you didn't end up jumping in the water, did you? No. Did you jump in the water? Mm-hmm. Quinn! The okay, share with Nalco what what, yeah, <laughs> what so, it was about. <laughs> yeah, no, last night um I was over at my good friend and roommates. Yeah. Um Joey Fredrickson's house, I believe. And um, yeah, no, no. I was over at his house. We were having a lovely dinner. And um, like Nako was saying, you know, when we live so close in proximity with our other roommates and friends, it's just kind of like we got a text in the group chat saying, I'm bored. What do you guys want to do? So we picked up some other friends from um, Bellingham. 
just around the Bellevue, Seattle area. And we decided that we're going to go jump in some freezing cold water. And uh, we went down to <laughs> Clyde Beach. Clyde Beach. Rue yeah. knows that. Very good. But um, we went down there, you know, stripped down to the undies, threw ourselves into the water. Uh, Rue got a nice little video of it. And honestly, it wasn't that bad. I mean, once you, you know, get out and get a little dried off, it, it really is fine. And you have so much adrenaline and you have this this group mentality that it's really not as bad as it, you know, sounds. But um, no, just good, spontaneous activities like that. That's I think when you're saying like you didn't live the college life, that's an example of what I kind of think the college life is about is just spontaneously doing these things, whether, you know, they're good decisions or not. You did them, you know, that's the fact, but it was a good time. Mm -hmm. I wish we could play the video of us jumping in right now. Cut to it. (laughs) You could play it for the audio. (laughs) The audio impact. Why is it like everyone? (laughs) Yeah, just screaming. Because, how yeah. many um how many jumped in uh it was me mikan and joey so just, just us three. yeah yeah just okay good and then there are how many people didn't jump in just rue is <laughs> the only one. Oh, you all thank you well i'm glad that you guys didn't pressure him yeah oh no it was totally fine yeah we we're like okay yeah, because, like, our, our first reaction is, like, you know, there's hypothermia. And they're like, what are you talking about? Like, I mean, now, come on. Like, this is, like, it's, like, 38 degrees outside. Yeah. The water is, like, I mean, we had a flurry flurry of snow already. Mm-hmm. I am I can imagine the water is, like, you know, know uh, below you're freezing. In it, though. You're, like, right next to the ladder you get out. Below freezing. And you have a towel and then the car. I know, but on. there's, like, the instant impact where mm-hmm. you can have a heart attack. Or what oh, have you? It's not that cold. Anyway, there's always like the exception. Now, pull your thoughts. <laughs> uh yeah. Um, similarly, as a mother, yeah. as a mom, my mind is like thinking about how, you know, I know you're in your early twenties, but I was recalling reading about how you know, brain and how it matures later for boys. I think, and in terms of like. Uh, risk assessment you know when you're younger you can be I mean spontaneous being spontaneous is great and fun but you know as you get older I don't want to say we lose it but we keep all factors like in check right so then as a mom I'm thinking about you worry because we don't want you to get hurt so all in all I'll say that glad you guys had fun and you're safe, right? Mm-hmm. Ruth's my baby, so he's prone to being in accidents. <laughs> what? Accident. What does that mean? Like, like, so, like, there's, there's one thing to make silly things, but you fractured your wrist. That's like a frontal lobe, not you know, closing or front. We talked about. Uh, like boys, the, the frontal cortex, what have you, it doesn't close until you're like 24 or something or 21. Mm, fully develop, right? Yeah, fully develop. So, so that those are the scientific reasons. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Irrational decisions. But on the other side, you know, like bumping into things or spilling. I don't anymore. No, you will because I I've found that it's genetic. There, there are some genetic mm. things which just it is what it is mm-hmm. like I've passed down like being you know then why did you give me so much and... like anger or like, <laughs> like anger well, like, oh, let's talk like, about that yeah I know where are you going <laughs> and then you do the same thing and like <laughs> 
like that sounded like, like Adam Sandler. <laughs> <laughs> and then you do the same thing. Like, oh, Sorry, oh, we don't we don't give you any. Like, Probably because I learned it too. It's learned behavior. So like, um, my childhood thing was like I okay like my ne- my dad never got angry. Mm. He was like the quiet, silent one. But somehow I always spilled the miso soup at the dinner table <laughs> until I was like 12 years old. And every single time he'd be like, why are you <laughs> spilling the miso soup again? Like That's my dad. My, yeah. That's like the moment. Okay, yeah. I see. So I think I kind of, sorry, it's yeah. just learned behavior that I passed down. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, okay. <laughs> Switching gears. No, but I mean, I think I share the same. In my family, I'm the one who overreacts to spillage and messiness and, you know, I don't, that, that's part of how we grew up, um, I think, because Tim doesn't, my husband Tim doesn't react that way. It's almost like, like, of course she's going to spill. She's a kid. Mm. Like, there's not that perspective, you know, when in Japan, it's not, of course you're going to spill, you're a kid, it's. Like, what are you doing? Be more careful. Like, we punish and scold children when it comes to cleanliness and manners and all this stuff because we're such a um, collective mindset of not inconveniencing others to the point of, you mean, at in the worst case scenario, even shaming kids, right? Which is, like, so sad. Well said. Did that, as a child, did your parents kind of discipline that way as well or react in the same manner? You're asking me or both of us? My situation's a little bit different because I don't think we are, you know, typical kind of family environment. Mm -hmm. Um, What is your, can you share? Yeah, so my family environment being third generation Korean born and raised in Japan so my parents were they're Korean but born and raised in Japan so they only speak Japanese so it's very complicated but they were essentially bullied all their life for being Korean Mm. in Japan and so I know they you know carried a lot of trauma throughout their life to this day and so Now, as an adult, I can have this kind of holistic view of why they are who they are and the ways that they do things, right? So my dad, my father was very violent and very short-tempered. And so that was kind of like my upbringing. Mm -hmm. I don't like to use the word dysfunctional because, I mean, every family has its good and bad and I don't want to pathologize my family upbringing but Mm -hmm. it was violent and I witnessed violence pretty much all my life Mm. Mm. thank you you're so I could just I just know that I mean so this is this is also I your friend didn't want to hear about this but I saw myself (sighs) Through nowness, you teach me, you know, the mindfulness, being present, and then um, how we carry our childhood trauma. We've talked mm-hmm. about our old yeah. childhood traumas on this show um, because it's because it's about being now. Um, 
but I was like sharing that with your your friend too um and she she was nodding her head like it's it's just very unfortunate but it's also true we all have problems and issues and what I wanted to say is that you've come to articulate be able to articulate your thoughts which you know things that you didn't know how to um because I've known you since you were 12 yeah <laughs> It's great. We basically wow. met in sixth grade. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she she made me feel included uh, yes, because I felt did. like I was. Anyway, so so good job. That was so special. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. But what about you? I'm curious to hear your family dynamic and hmm? who Quinn. Well, all everyone. Oh. <laughs> And you, you can freely speak, you know, speak your mind because I'm sure your experience and your mom's experience and how you see the world is not the same. Okay. It can't be. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, we'll start with you. And you don't have to share anything that you don't want to, but I'm kind of curious what you will say. What, me? Yeah, because yeah. I'm your mom. <laughs> yeah, you guys, oh, fact check this. If he says anything, it's like, ah, no. It's you uh okay um i don't want to put you on the spot either so you can say pass too you know feel do what you feel is comfortable and right to you like what, what do i talk well, i'll share it with you i'll 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 share it because now quinn shared now quinn shared because quinn asked so yeah. we're, it's like so for me quinn doesn't know i don't know how much anyway i don't think rudy even knows because i'm still learning mm -hmm. <laughs> as my 45 year old self i am still learning um i had a really so so now when I have known us every week and within just those seven days, mm -hmm. I realize we so much goes on. Mm. Um, but time is just goes goes by so fast. And then we also know that life is frail. So it's like ever more important to be able to share these stories. But so I had a like I talked to my daughter until like the wee hours, which is like 1 a.m. Um, the mm. end night like we were in the car and yeah, I was, yeah, I I was telling me I was like wait how come Rue hasn't asked what where his mom is <laughs> because I I wouldn't be out no later than 10 p.m mm -hmm. like mm. yeah but Rue didn't come out just kidding anyway that's not the point but we, Mia and I were able to talk about really Mia was super articulate in sharing how we carry our childhood traumas into adulthood Wow, is that my daughter? <laughs> I made that. <laughs> is that my no? But it's it's so for me the trauma that I carry is um, being an orphan and going into foster care. Even though I was adopted at like six months, I mean, come on. But there's this visceral sadness that I'm not good enough. No matter. Mm. Mia yeah. just I could cry about this too like Mia, Mia just honed it she was like okay so mom you're like the type of person if you're like even in a good relation in the best relationship you're still gonna question yourself am I good enough mm. like Mia yeah. <laughs> 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 you're so true that's all right um so that's what it is it's just so strange um and I also shared recently I've shared um like I've like it's just been hard to be alone I mean it's mm. it seems like you guys are here right now but like I think mm. a few weeks ago it was after Thanksgiving everybody went back to school like you went back to school Mia went back to school 
James went to work. I'm here alone. And it was like the saddest Monday. Mm -hmm. It was like the saddest Monday. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, I'm just, why am I sharing? I'm just sharing that um, there's light and darkness and for all of us. And um, I guess one of the things that I've shared generationally, this is where I'm going, is that I learned I didn't because my mother means well my parents mean well but because they were Japanese I did not get to articulate my emotions and feelings which has been a contentious problem with my husband my current like you know and he's just like even in the so we've we've been together for like 10 years um and you always be like like you know you need to like I don't so when things happen I shut down mm-hmm. I think maybe you may have a little tendency I'm pointing to real about that. Like you just shut down, but I don't know. So anyway, so I'm sharing you my story <laughs> to open the dialogue. Um, so what is the generational thing is, and it's also in Mia's college essay that says my mother grew up with like, my mother grew up with Japanese parents. And even though she was loved unconditionally, she could not share her feelings and emotions, what have you, mm-hmm. versus my father, who is grew up in a more open dialogue. Blah, blah, blah. I have no problems talking about controversial issues, for example. Mm-hmm. 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 So what was your question now, Colin? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like, just like, you know, talking about what kind of childhood trauma we still hold, I feel like. Yeah, it is. Um, if you still, yeah, if you feel comfortable talking about that, yeah. the other thing that comes comes up for me is, um, you know, I think we we so want to treat the pandemic as something in the past, and I want to acknowledge that we're still in it, and the fact that we've been in it for nearly two years. I mean, I know, Naoko, you've often talked about how you're easily activated and you're sensing a difference in yourself it's like who wouldn't right given this unprecedented set of circumstances that we've lived through collectively for the past two years so I'm curious too if you feel comfortable talking about your childhood trauma great I would welcome to hear your stories if that seems a little uncomfortable I'd love to hear your take on like what the what you've learned, what we, what has been your experience in the last two years, you know, living through the pandemic and now, and where are you at? Like, how are you feeling these days? Mm-hmm. Mm. Whatever resonates or comes up for you, you know, there's no right or wrong answer. So it's a conversation. Yeah. No, I think that where I go for that, just about like, you know, the childhood aspect is like, I've really come to learn that you can only like help people so much. And I feel like that's, you know, my child has really taught me that. Um, I grew up with a father who battled alcoholism and addiction for a very long time. And um, it ran down to the rest of the family. And now many of my brothers and siblings deal with some pretty severe drug addiction. And it's, you know, you got to learn that at a point you can only do so much. And, when you know the human brain becomes you know chemically addicted to a substance like that no amount of emotional help or no amount of pleading or you know results of saying this is how much you're messing up your life will change that and it really does have to come from within or yeah. some themselves and so i think that child has just taught me that you know you can you can definitely be there to support you can try your hardest but um 
at the end of the day, you know, just being content with what you are able to do, no matter the results, is very important, in my opinion. So just knowing that, you know, if you try your best and it still falls through or it still goes out, then it is what it is in a way. And you just have to be accepting of your own choices. So, mm. Well, you do. Works. Thank you for sharing. It's you do raise a good point on like yeah if you are addicted with the chemical imbalances because that's another thing where we don't i guess we don't i don't know enough about neuroscience and science or the brain and i, I actually don't think humans do know either mm. <laughs> I can't even tackle this pandemic with the virus mm. but it's like there's so many chemical reactions like you know there's the four big ones which is like the dopamine and the I don't know, sel- sel- serotonin or what is it? Serotonin and mm-hmm. da da da. Four big ones, and we know how it triggers the brain. But if you are, like, I guess I'm sharing, yeah, what Nalco was trying to say is like in this pandemic, and I felt I I've been I've felt isolated, and even the brightest, like I'm very optimistic and I'm very light and cheery. But there are moments, like there are really moments of darkness where I'm like, where the heck is this coming from? It's yeah. clearly a chemical imbalance in my brain. Mm-hmm. Um, and what helps me is going out to the gym, going to yeah. the gym, you and it just releases outlets. it. Yeah. But mm-hmm. if if you are completely inhibited and you are addicted to you know um, you know chemical substances, who knows like. How do you get, I guess it's a, sorry, it's just a rhetorical mm-hmm. um, question. I don't know. It's like, how does one get help? And then how does, I feel like it's it's just so complicated. Mm-hmm. Like, it, there's, I mean, if there was like an anti-drug that said, okay, take this and you're going to be clear from alcoholism. Mm-hmm. But such a cure or what have you doesn't exist, right? I mean, for some things or- we have, um, like when you say like anti-drug, um, like Narcan counter affects the, um, you know, effects of opioids and everything. But when you think about, you know, if you can take away one outlet and then people are going to search for another outlet, you know, mm. another substance mm. to use or mm. another behavior to fill. Mm. So, mm. And it's, mm-hmm. it's not that people really, you know, I don't know, it's different for everyone, but it's not that they like want to use a drug or use that substance, but they're trying to fix something else. So they're trying to mm-hmm. fill a hole they're trying to escape something and you can, you know, you can take away one thing and they're just going to fill it with another thing and another thing, and another thing. And like you're saying, you have to, you know, you have to fill that hole with something positive, something like working out meditation or, you know, writing or whatever it may be. But, um, you know, you don't have to, but you probably should. No, that's a, that's a great call out. And for me, I think, and not, I think I'm just going to be, uh truthful that sugar is my addiction Mm -hmm. and one of the things that um i think this is the point like i so i've never done drugs Mm -hmm. because i'm scared i mean Mm -hmm. it's illegal hello (laughs) for the illegal drugs but like i didn't smoke pot in school because Mm -hmm. i'm afraid that i have an addictive personality yeah like tendency like if i like something like sugar i do i really like my cookies yeah thank Mm -hmm. goodness the cookies i mean it's it it takes a toll on the body it's it's not like xanax you're not not, (laughs) not, 
to say who's but it's all yeah. kind of similar but right no you're right your brain has do you have a history um, of addiction in your family at all God, i don't know that because know. i'm adopted okay so yeah. that'd be interesting to see yeah well, yeah there's no way to anyway yeah like 23andme is like one step yeah. of like what i know about you could upgrade to the health version <laughs> <laughs> the premium <laughs> 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 anyway um i mean i guess you can see through you know but thank you it's a thank you for sharing your vulnerable quinn yeah i just want to commend you for being so vulnerable and sharing your story um and also that you have this i don't know wisdom beyond your years to not carry it you Hmm. know what do you mean by that to not carry it because you said that you know addiction and things like that exist within your family and even your siblings and and you've come to this place where you understand and accept that yes you can be there for support and mm-hmm. do everything you can and be content with that like yeah i don't think uh you know if i imagine myself at your age in kind of the, that those circumstances i think i would tend to want to own it and continue to give 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 i mean i yeah. think some of it is cultural but for you to have that kind of uh, yeah, insight and wisdom to say, you know, to feel content in I, I've done what I could and be able to let go and not own the other person's whatever suffering they're going through. Yeah. And I mean, that comes from many years of like the opposite, many years right. like trying and feeling like, why isn't my, you know, why isn't are like you know collective family goodness or happiness why is mm-hmm. it, you know, why can't they see this and so after you know it's like you train your body after you know time and time again you can't keep expecting the same results you have to you know change something but mm-hmm. yeah yeah mm-hmm. mm. I'm gonna say amen to that <laughs> <laughs> what about you do you Oh, um, I was like kind of through all the talks, I was like trying to gather my thoughts. That's good. Um, yeah, like childhood trauma. Um, like when I think of trauma, it's like, I don't know what trauma, like, I don't know, like if my experiences like are considered trauma, like what is tra- like, now just, mm. just real quick speaking on that yeah. is that we all experience trauma. And I feel that like, when you, if you try to compare different people's traumas, it's very unfair because if you take someone who has lived, you know, a very, very, very like struggling life, I mean, they've had to go through all these different things. One little thing in their day, like, I don't know, not having like clean clothes to wear, that doesn't seem like trauma to them because they've been like beaten, they've been stabbed, they've had these things. Mm. But if you take someone who's had a completely, you know, like sheltered life, who's been provided all the time, something like not having clean clothes can all of a sudden become a huge trauma for them. Mm. And so I think it's very, very, very like subjective of what trauma is and that whatever you consider it to be, you can't compare that to someone else's trauma and you can't Mm because you've had your own experiences and that thing in your life may be way bigger than it is in someone else's life. So with that, please, yeah, go on. Um, I think this is a really amazing eye-opening exercise for you because from mama's perspective Rue's always internalized everything you haven't had an opportunity to 
I guess be present with the feelings I feel like so yeah I don't know one of the things that like lingers on my mind is like a male figure in my life Mm -hmm. like that's kind of like like obviously like i'm my dad but one thing that like i came to realize when he came over for thanksgiving and we we're like sitting down together talking like i don't know what to talk about like mm. it just was really awkward mm. like because i don't really see him that often and when i do like it's it's fine and all but like when we see him like i feel like he he treats me like back to when we like saw him more frequently so when i was like eight so like he sometimes like talks to me like like back in that time like transports back to that time and that's what like sometimes i have to tell him like hey like i'm like 19 now like um it's different it's different but like um yeah so like what do we even talk about like i don't know and like i don't know what like what is i don't really know what like a dad is really like i kind of do but like what are they supposed to do like i'm not sure um like yeah and then like with james like i think it's like an all right relationship but like i don't know what to call it really like i guess he's like kind of like a friend now i don't know <laughs> um yeah mm-hmm. it's funny like going around like all like girls or like female figures like sometimes i question like my own masculinity like what is it like what am i like i don't know um yeah oh yeah with nails like i feel like nail like nail decorations are like very like seen in the past is very feminine but it's like a way to express yourself so like i don't know these past few few weeks i've had like my nails painted which is cool i don't know it's like a yeah, cool little like, it is. Accent. I love it. yeah yeah and then that reminds me like i remember uh going to a summer camp back in the day and then i think i was like seven and then my nails were painted and then i came back and you were like what are you doing like never paint your nails again oh. like ne- i never want to say that so that's why that's why that's why when they were painted at college and i came back i was like so worried like what are you gonna oh, say really goodness yeah. gracious well, actually, yeah. Yeah. wow yeah well, so. that makes Michael, sense what do you think now oh my god about your son's look at these well very that, that's presents. a gender um no i'm okay so your your grandmother is coming tomorrow yeah. yeah so my mom is expected knock on wood pray everything universe pray um that she, sorry, um, sorry, God, uh, be with us so she could travel safely. But I get those. Okay, I can't just. It's not just my mother, but okay. There's a couple of things that comes to mind. Like oh. I lost my father when mm-hmm. I was 19, mm-hmm. your age. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have a father figure. I get it. I married a father figure. Did I just say that out publicly? Yes, I did. Um, yeah, that's the reason why, you know, 19 years mm-hmm. because I was, had a tremendous void and he was mm-hmm. yeah healing. And mm-hmm. plus he had met my father, my ex-husband had met my father before he passed away at a business mm-hmm. meeting and they had mm-hmm. exchanged business cards. And I thought that was like a sign from God. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So those two, and then, um, I didn't have grandfathers because mm-hmm. they were both deceased. Um, so yeah. I, both migrant they're deceased yeah you've never had a it's like, true you've never had a never. male figure so mm-hmm. yes yeah, so so i just wanted to share that thank you for sharing because it's mm-hmm. true mm-hmm. and then uh, what comes to mind is all that kind of like the psychology or sociology statistics out there i think you could google it but like a lot of problems come from people who are fatherless actually those are huge yeah. issues um, in society across the world mm-hmm. of um, like social issues exist um, because of a lack of a 
father figure. Yeah. And not only a, a, the lack thereof, but a negative father figure can almost, you know, yeah. produce similar effects of... Good point. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's very revealing. Yeah. Um, yes. Then, like, opening yes. up, like, going, like, how I internalize things. I don't know, like, I guess I don't really know who to open to, like, who to attach myself to, or... That's why, like, I kind of get through all of my problems, or in the past, get through all my problems by myself. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I just kind of navigate it. Um, like, my sister Mia is good and all. Like, it's good to talk to her about things. Um, but yeah, like, I guess she isn't, like, a guy necessarily. I don't know if you have to be a guy, but, like, some... some... I think I think so. I, I think so. Yeah. Quinn, I'm counting on you. <laughs> I I've had to, I've had to parent, I've had to parent siblings and had to fill that role before. So yeah, no. It's very important because not to call out my um, husband, but I feel like my husband hasn't had any male mentors, mentors, mm -hmm. male mm -hmm. mentors or peers or what have you. Mm -hmm. And I and and it will carry. I, I think there's <clears throat> tremendous importance. Not not that you know. Unfortunately, as much as we are open-minded, there are gender stereotypes that our society is constructed on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, like, if it depends, like, if you were going to go into the corporate sector, for example, because mm -hmm. it is so male-dominated, like, you almost need to have um, a, a male cohort or mentors to succeed, mm -hmm. which is sounds insane, but it's true. And, like, I think about my father golfing a lot. That was, like, the social occasion for men to do, business people to do. Uh, but anyway, I just, um, so anyway, we're still working. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm speaking for my husband that I care about very much. Um, that I, I, I'm glad you called that out at 19 mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. then you could put it on your vision board or, you know, what have you. And put it on the vision board. <laughs> Find a father. <laughs> no, but sorry. I mean, I'm totally an outsider, and you know, I don't know you of your relationship with your father, but you have your father, and I'm curious mm -hmm. if you have a sense of when that disconnection happened and how to repair your, how to reconnect with your father because you have a father, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Good question. And we're kind of in similar boats on this. It's like, there definitely, you know, was a time when I was like, okay, like, like when Napa, when you say, okay, when did that disconnection start to occur? Like, I can think to a time in my past where I was like, okay, this is probably the event where this started to happen. And then, mm. you know, can you repair it? Like, after, you know, like 12 years of whatever type of behavior, like, is that, mm. or do you just kind of accept that? this is the reality that it is and you know just deal with it but i'm not sure i don't even know like if there was a connect like i don't know yeah. what the connection is supposed to look like so i don't yeah. even know like yeah i don't think it's supposed to look like anything it's what it is between you and your father and what you bring to what you both you two bring to the relationship right it can't be any outside ideal or some other relationship between a son and a father it's what you two and so right like if there is a desire for you to connect with your father i think that is really important to communicate to him um and i don't know if you feel it's not reciprocated or you know again i don't know the current how yeah. you're feeling and 
how you've been feeling over the years and how much you've communicated. Um, Because, you know, I'm 44. I've been in relationship with my husband for a very long time. But communication is something that we all can work on. And no, it's not, it's not like, oh, when you're like in your 40 or 50s, you've got that covered. Like, you know how that works. Like you have to experience it. You have to practice it and live through what it means for you to communicate openly. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Communicate openly, like about, I don't know, like about what, yeah, like what is it supposed to like? There is no supposed to. So you're, I think, I feel like your struggle is you're trying to fit into something that you think it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. But rather than if you can just relax and ask yourself, what do you want from your father? Mm-hmm. You can, you can ask that question. And if you feel bold enough and courageous enough, and I mean, you have, like, if you feel you can trust your father to communicate that, right? Like, it's up to you what you want. And you have to know yourself. And so maybe that's a quiet time that you need to spend asking mm-hmm. that question. Not what you think you should have with your father. But mm-hmm. what do you really want? And no judging, right? Like, if you right now, mm-hmm. nothing comes up and you're just numb, that could be pain from your childhood, Right. Like divorce is traumatic for children. Mm -hmm. And you're allowed to feel all of that. There is no good, bad. Like, I'm not supposed to feel this. I I can't have these thoughts. Like, I think that's what gets you stuck into what should what it should be or, you know. Yeah. And trust trust your feelings of what you're sensing, you know one thing that comes to mind like is that like since he's so much older like there's some things that I remember like wanting to do like when mm-hmm. we go, for example like the last time like there's so many things I want to do with him but he's like older so like he needs to take like frequent breaks or like like he's like it's tired mm-hmm. and it's just like yeah it's been frustrating in the past like I want to yeah. do so many things mm-hmm. yeah what kind of things I don't like active things or mm-hmm. like go out and yeah. I don't know but yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah but i know like he makes an effort though yeah to, to try to do it but yeah well that's i think Nyoko nailed it in the i mean every there's so many poignant things that she said but mm-hmm. um the truth is that he's still here mm-hmm. and i think the good news is i think john is a gentle soul so he would understand like he's a good i think john is a good communicator that's one of the things mm-hmm. that he actually excels in <laughs> My ex-husband is a very good communicator. He does communications. Yes, exactly. He does. Yeah, that's his superpower. So I wouldn't be shy to um, just be vulnerable and maybe take this holiday Mm -hmm. moment Mm -hmm. that you'll be able to spend time with them and have those conversations on the beach, having pina coladas, man. (laughs) That's like, anyway, but thank you. That's, 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 that's good that Mm -hmm. you shared. I never heard that before. Oh. So now, when you when you say like you know, I'm not sure who brought it up, but like, you know, we we do both have our fathers still. They're still mm-hmm. you know, somewhat in our lives, and you know, we're saying okay, well, what do we want in what do we want in that relationship? Like, what do you want in a father? But um, I feel like sometimes it's like, you know, what do you want in a father? Maybe that person isn't that figure for you anymore. You know, like. 
yes, he's your biological father, but like, you know, that relationship, I'm not sure if it's like when you say, okay, what do you want in a father? Like, I'm not sure if it can be that person anymore. And that's kind of how, how I've been feeling recently. It's like, you know, after all these years and stuff, it's like, I don't think I can kind of just like change that up and be like, okay, well, what do I want? You know, I can definitely find something out of this relationship, but I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think it's like a father one. And mm. that leaves me to either find a father, father figure in something else and somebody else, or um, just take what I can out of that relationship. And like Ruth said, you know, like it's kind of like a friend almost right now. And I don't honestly, I don't think that's the worst thing is you, you do have to make it what it is, but there does come a point where it's almost like, is it even a father or is it something else at this point? Is it somebody that I used to know or is it somebody that I can, you know, kind of use to help me heal or use for different things? But I'm not sure if that fits into my definition of what a father is. Yeah, well said. Because mm-hmm. in a way, I feel like such a big part about, you know, being a father and whatever you call parenthood is it's being there for your child while they're still developing while they're going through, you know, their Mm -hmm. schooling years, while they're learning how the world works. And if you want to call yourself a father, you have to be there during that time and you have to aid in that. And if you don't, and you want to come back in when, you know, they're 20 or they're 19 or whatever, and you miss out on that development years, then you are just kind of like a friend. You're just coming in. You're just like, okay, well, I'm here now, Mm -hmm. but you weren't there for like when I was going through these times. You weren't there for when I was like, trying to learn how this world works or like you know you weren't there for those teaching moments i think that's the difference between you know a biological father or some father figure just coming in and like an actual you know like dad or an actual i'm not sure what the term for it is but someone who's been able to help you know do that and i think that role can be filled by you know it doesn't have to be biological if you're like if you have somebody who like took you through your childhood years and fed you and kept you you know housed and taught you things that can become like a father but in a way i feel like we're almost too late you know we've already mm. gone much we've already gone through oh, so much i mean it's just don't say that. no no i'm just saying like it's you not know, too late it's not too late but it's too late to relive high school and it's oh yes it's too, yeah. it's too late yes. to, to ask yes. the questions about you know going to your first dances it's too late to ask about driving help it's too late to you know Mm-hmm. have someone there for you when you're doing that type of stuff and so gotta look to the future i guess mm-hmm. so, also, well, mm-hmm. i just want to just yeah no but there's so many things that that i have been thinking with so many things that you just said poignant as well is i mean two things come to mind one is there's also a point for children that they grow up and mature and they're like, "Uh Oh, like I thought you were my parents, like where we put our parents on a pedestal. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the responsibility Mm -hmm. of a parent. You have to, I mean, you, it is your responsibility. You fell in love and you decided that you wanted to have a child and you're going to bring into this world. And, (laughs) 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 um, and then, and then you have to be responsible to raise a child, Mm -hmm. um, in society. And, but then you'll come to realize, Oh my gosh, my, my, my mom wasn't as smart enough or my dad wasn't, you know, and then it's like the role will reverse, like it will change. But another thing that is pertinent, I think is uh, we, we haven't addressed is, I'm kind of going back kind of like gay marriages is like you're it I think it's okay to disrupt the so-called societal construct of what gender roles are 
and this is super controversial because I'm Christian and mm -hmm. there's a there's a role of a man and there's a role of a woman. Mm -hmm. But seriously, there are so many successful gay couples that I know, mm -hmm. right, who are playing both. I mean, or none, mm -hmm. right? There's it's not female. It's 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 what is it? Non-binary, mm -hmm. right? Is to be that figure whom you can talk to and build a you know a rapport and relationship and learn and and the two way. Yeah. you know engagement is so anyway i i that's what you yeah. made me think you know, about. and that makes sense and i think it's it does have to do it, it comes into play because they know that that's a challenge you know going into like a same-sex marriage and having a child is like i think they're very aware that this child isn't going to have kind of that male female figure and i think they accommodate for that in very different ways but mm -hmm. you know in a way it almost puts more attention to that and i think that's why you do see like, you know, a pretty good success rate, I think, with kids who come out of stuff like that is because mm -hmm. they're, they're aware of it. Whereas mm -hmm. sometimes with, you know, just like, uh, I would call it like cis marriages, you have a male and a female, it's like, mm -hmm. they're not really aware of that. And they just kind of go about with however they feel comfortable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's no self-examination. Mm -hmm. You have to get to, you know, I think Quinn, your experience force has forced you to examine these kind of hard life questions and so you've arrived but if you go through life with all these privileges and you're the status quo mm -hmm. you really aren't unless you're really progressive and um the world doesn't prompt you right encourage you or there's no need for you to self-examine because the world is your oyster and everything revolves around you um, the one thing that I do want to note about, you know, we all have different circumstances and family dynamics. What I've learned with my experiences and being a parent myself that, and I think you alluded to this, Naoko, is that even parents, I mean, all human beings are flawed human beings. And I think for me, being able to accept and arrive at a place of knowing deep down at my core that the, that they did the best they could given what they knew and what they know right like that's that that allows me to let go of anger and guilt and those negative emotions that serve nobody hmm. hi mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. me mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Mm. So, yeah. Hi. This is Hi. stuff. I just want to pause, but I couldn't want... I, I did, since we are going into holiday, <laughs> I did the air quotes. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm just... So you'll be... How will you be spending... So you, I know how you'll be spending time with your dad. Mm -hmm. Or... Dad, <laughs> yeah, that is. yeah. So it's 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 good to good time for contemplation, and then are you guys gonna have Christmas dinner or? Are we? Yeah, probably. Yeah, whatever that'll look like. Yeah. 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 They do like a Christmas spread, right? Uh, yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah. How will you be? What are the things? What I wanted to ask. Yeah. What are the good? Are, do you have good holiday tradition family moments? Um, I do. I do. Yeah. And what are they? 
um, that has to, it, it all, it all um, happens within my grandparents' um, kind of house and area. And I'm really thankful for them. But um, yeah, no, they do, they do a wonderful Thanksgiving and their house is just this beautiful little token of my childhood. And, you know, they're honestly probably my favorite people on this planet is they, re they really are. And they, they do treat us to like a Christmas every year. And I'm hoping that I'll be able to go back up. But um, kind of stays there, you know. That's that's where it, that's where like that kind of those good those good moments happen. But um, you know, sometimes in the in the past years we've tried to, you know, celebrate Christmas or. But um, my parents don't really follow that, and they haven't really followed that in the past. And so, you know, it definitely is a time where we have to appreciate being together and just like, kind of the gift of our presence and everything. But um, I think that the, the traditional the Christmas moments definitely happen within my grandparents' realm. Mm. Yeah. Quinn shared that his, your grandpa has a chicken co-op. Yeah. Right? My, my other grandparents on my, um, my mother's side. Yeah. He has <laughs> four or five big chickens now. And um, <laughs> the ones that survived the raccoon attack. But <laughs> mm. So he grew up eating <laughs> fresh eggs. Oh yeah. Just fresh eggs. eggs. Hmm. Which, like, Rue pointed out, like, in college, like, Twin eats a lot of eggs. Oh, and so, like, it's funny. Because, like, that, that in some ways, it's a privilege. Oh because we got to buy our eggs. Yeah. And they're, like, famished eggs, too, oh, generally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Generally. But anyway, not down lot. How are you? Because we're taking a break next week. Mm-hmm. Ending your time. Ah, uh, so... My older kids will come for Christmas Eve to spend, uh, I don't know if it's lunch or dinner, but we will spend family time together. Um, I have two older kids that are in their late 20s that will, Mina's half-siblings will be joining us. Um, otherwise, I think that's Christmas Eve. And Christmas Day, I think, will be just us, quiet. I think we'll do prime rib. We did prime rib recently to celebrate my mother-in-law's birthday, but I think we'll do another one, maybe a smaller one. Nice. Nice, nice. Yeah, and I wanted to say thank you again to you and Quinn. I've really deeply enjoyed this um, conversation with you. I've never met you, Quinn, but I'm really in awe of your... Um, openness to share your stories so no i thank you thank you for the opportunity to be open about this it's mm -hmm. definitely like a, like a treasure when you have these moments where you're able to like open mm -hmm. up and it's actually prompted and you're like you know you're in a place where you feel comfortable with that with mm -hmm. people you don't mind sharing it to so thank you for that mm -hmm. I hope you're that always welcome to join us to continue <laughs> our conversations <laughs> we can be your mentors get set up i could see quinn being a yeah public speaker presenter or sorry i'm not trying to no, no just you know what it's it's kind of goes back to sorry like my generation and and now knows like you know we we love oprah um mm -hmm. and one of the reasons why oprah <laughs> resonates so well is because she went through such trauma and 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 all the just unforeseeable circumstances and she has changed that around into her superpower yeah um to learn about life lessons it's like what can we learn from what we experienced what we were 
intended to experience um and what can we share with share out and anyway so i just find that yeah. you're like the 20 <laughs> young version yeah, no. of being able to articulate that so yeah who cares about the major you're gonna do bigger things than like a mm -hmm. granular major yeah, <laughs> seriously no it's where it that. starts though yes. <laughs> Alrighty. Ja, hona. Hona. Lots of love and hope to meet you soon too and enjoy your mother's visit. Hi. Arigato. Ja, ne. Bye bye, King. Bye bye, King. Bye bye, King. Quinn, say bye bye, King. Say what? Bye bye, King. Bye bye, King. Bye bye, King. Bye. Are you referenced to her?